Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you very much for joining in episode 239 today. Now, you may remember uh, some of the older generation listening to this, uh, a young man by the name of Nathan Cavalieri. Nathan Cavalieri was a uh, extremely talented, uh, or is he's an extremely talented guitarist. But he was playing music as a young boy, sort of you know around ten, eleven, with uh, the likes of Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits, uh, Tommy Emmanuel, uh, some some serious musicians when he was a young fella. So uh, Nathan had a, a career path sort of mapped out for him uh, in music, pretty much uh, as a young fella. Uh, basically, but uh, once he sort of got um, into his adult years, he really struggled with anxiety and depression, um, and uh, yeah, sort of took a break from music and um, and all that for for quite a while. And now he's come back, so he's come back bigger and better than ever. He's got some amazing music out, and uh, he's starting to uh, to tour. Uh, and uh, he's just released a new uh, new album called Miracles. So we're going to talk about that, a lot about his journey today personally, about his uh, experience with anxiety and depression, how he managed his way through that, and basically what he's doing now to keep himself physically and mentally well. So I'm sure you're going to really enjoy this chat. It's a story of lived experience, which is really important, you know, to be able to hear how others have uh, moved through, uh, <coughs> I suppose, challenging situations and what they're doing to, uh, to look after themselves. And that's how we're going to... You know, help others gain and maintain good mental health moving forward. That's really what it's all about. You know, we're not just uh, here to th- survive, we're here to thrive and we've got to be able to support each other to do so. So please uh, send me some feedback if you like to support at outbackmind.org.au. Check out the website outbackmind.org.au. If you'd like to help us with a donation, I'd be more than grateful. Um, and also uh, like us on uh, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, cheers. Hope, uh, hope you enjoy the chat. Good morning, Nathan. How are you, mate? Great, mate. How are you? Very well. Really grateful to have you on, mate. I um, I remember watching you on TV, and mind you, I don't watch TV anymore, but uh, I used to watch you playing with um, God, Mark Knopfler and, and all those guys way back when. That was back in the like, 90s, is that right? Yeah, yeah. That'll be uh, early to mid-90s. Yeah. <laughs> mm, it seems like a long time ago, eh? I know. It's... Uh... It still doesn't feel like it, but when you look at the calendar, it is. <laughs> mm, I know, mate. It's just so, gone so quick. It does, yeah. <laughs> what, so what was it like for you back then? When did you pick up a guitar and what inspired you to pick up a guitar? Was it something in your family or how did it all come about? Yeah, I mean, the first time I saw a guitar was my dad. My dad played around the house and I was just drawn to it, you know, and I'd, I'd see... I mean, as much as what I was known for playing blues back then, and blues was, you know, it's it's my roots, it's everything. Um, I, my the first time I ever saw um, a, a guitar sort of being played was uh, like on TV was probably Martin Offler, mm. and um, so Dire Straits was, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia with Dire Straits because it was a soundtrack to our holidays growing up, you know, mm. sitting in the back of the Kingswood and and you know on the way up to you know 
whatever surf town we were, we were visiting and and um and yeah i was just drawn to it I mean, my parents would say that I, my skill wasn't wasn't natural it was just my passion to play was was natural mm. and and my work ethic as well i'd just bury myself in in my room and and i'd put in the hours and and eventually my my uh my parents just thought all right he wants this so bad so now we've got to you know we're going to support it and create a, a little bit of structure around it amazing mate very lucky to have parents like that that sort of saw the vision and um, you know, I gave you the ability to do what you're passionate about, but geez, I tell you what, is you, you hit on something really important. If you do the work, the results come. A lot of people want the results without doing the work. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I uh, I feel like my particularly my dad's structure um, that he put in place to kind of help me evolve as a guitarist. It was pretty strict. Like he's a you know um, Italian um, builder. And it was it was pretty you know it was all about routine and not so much about it's it's you know whether you feel like doing it or not it's like irrelevant you just got to get it done and um, and some would feel like that was that's a bit harsh but uh, it de- definitely was the framework that I, I needed because as a kid you you're always going to lean towards what is the most pleasurable mm-hmm. and and there's no way in the world that I'd have the skills that I have today if it wasn't for that. Um, that type of discipline. Having said that, there was always this balance where, if things felt like it was getting, a, if they felt like it was getting a bit too much, particularly when when the career sort of exploded um, at, during that time, there was always a conversation. It was always a good, warm-hearted conversation to say, you know, do you still want to do this? You're not. You don't have to. We can go home. You know, we can. You know, do school. You can you know, chuck out the guitar, whatever you want to do. Like they always made it really inviting mm. um, and we're always welcoming to talk to. So, uh, but I, yeah, never wanted to. <laughs> Amazing, mate. Like uh, most most kids, uh, you know, play out in the school and they haven't got a clue, you know, uh, really much about their passion or haven't been able to find that passion early. But what what was it like? So, so you got to play with those artists and you were like in front of a lot of people. You, you didn't have stage fright with regards to being on TV or, um, uh, you know, uh, I suppose on stage with, with those, you know, types. I did. Of, did you? No, yeah. no, I, I, um, I, I definitely went through phases. So I remember my first hit of stage fright uh, was I was busking out front of my mum's coffee shop and this is before anything had happened on tv or anything like that and and i I just set up you know with my backing tracks and 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 played right and there was no nerves there was nothing i was playing like i would in the garage at home Mm. and and then people started to you know uh, join me you know flip me money and uh and it was a vibe right Mm. now the following week i went to go out there and there was about 50 people waiting. And that was my first hit of stage fright. You know, it was, it was a different experience. And I, and I remember the, you know, the adrenaline just surging through, like, you know, I felt like I was going to die. Like mm. it's, and, um, and my mom, you know, had, had a lot of experience dealing with nerves and anxiety and stuff like that. And, and, you know, she just gave me the, the right type of advice and it took a bit um, to put one foot in front of the other. And I did. And then, and, and it was, it was about walking, learning how to sort of walk onto that stage with that fear, mm. not trying to get rid of it, but learning how to embrace it 
and 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 also just controlling my focus a little bit, you know. And uh, and I'm glad I did it because then all of that adrenaline just turned into a superpower. Yes. You know, when it's facing in the right direction, I'm sitting there and I'm playing, and the crowd is you know loving it, and I'm loving it, and we're having an, an, an amazing experience. And I feel like that uh, that's what set me up for for a more uh, well to be able to lean in on on stage. And I didn't I didn't really have to uh, confront stage fright again until my late twenties. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I had moments like, but but as far as that type of crippling you know, fight or flight um, mm. didn't ha- happen again until my late 20s. Mm. So so how did life evolve for you from there? Like you obviously got um, a bit of um, a bit of stardom come with it all and, and did you sort of slip back into mainstream school on that through your teens or how did, it, how did it all evolve for you? Yeah, I mean, we had, uh, you know, uh, they used to bring tutors on the road with us, uh, kept up my studies, it was really important. Um, you know, to, to, to keep up my studies with school um, so I didn't fall behind. Um, it was you know, it was always a little bit of a challenge to kind of fit back in uh, at school if I'd been away for three to six months. Mm. Uh, and so I think socially it was it was difficult. Like I I um, I had to deal with a lot at school. First day of school, um, high school, I was um, I was attacked, <laughs> mm. and. Um, you know, this this kid just realised who I was and and um, yeah, put me on the floor and took a tennis ball and put his foot on top of my neck and and um, just smashed me in the in the head with a tennis ball. That was and I was year seven, first day of school, mm-hmm. and um, uh, but I, I I was born with a fiery nature um, and uh, there's a lot there's always a lot of fight in me and uh, so I never really despite incidences like that not being able to fit in and sometimes sitting by myself in the playground or you know i'd have one friend here and there or and then you know i eventually sort of found my my people sort of you know enough where i just felt it you know valued a little bit enough to kind of enjoy a part of school um you know i i took on on all of that 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 anybody who kind of stepped up and and tried to have a go i'd i'd lean back in <laughs> and i feel like it's um and, and and i remember going through phases where i'd come home or i didn't want to go to school and my dad um uh, my mum sort of gave me the advice to just ignore them and I, I didn't think that that worked i tried it didn't work mm. and my dad had other 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 type of advice and uh and um you know he would he would teach me how to face it how to stand up for myself how to you know, walk around with confidence with my shoulders back, um, mm. to to not to not be a victim, and uh, and I feel like that working through that and not running away from it. They could have pulled me out of that school and taken me to another school. Mm. Is the reason why, still to this day, I can walk into any room and be the oddball out and really not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that feeling too. But it's, uh, you know, one thing you stuck on, uh, you touched on there, like, uh, and we both know now that those kids that were behaving that way really had some some serious, um, you know, trauma behind the behaviour um, at the end of the day. And, and you know, we, we see that now with compassion, but when you're in a 12-year-old shoes, it's a different story. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing I'd probably learn a little bit later is that it actually wasn't personal. I thought it was personal. Mm. It's not personal. Like, the... When Australian, when that episode of Australian Story uh, came out um, that they did on me, 
I uh, and I and I had told that story on a, um, uh, on the episode, and I ended up getting a, a DM from uh, a guy who was two years above me at, uh, at school, two or three years, uh, yeah, about two or three years above me, and he was like the king football player because it was a Morris Brothers boys' school, famous for its footy, mm. and he said he had the same experience. First week, he said he got you know decked because. He goes, because I was the next big footy player. Mm. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought it was because I was a muse. I was on TV. And he's like, no. <laughs> he said, that's the way. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do, who you are. It's nothing personal. It's the fact that you shine, mm. you know, and you've, and, and you've got a strength. And it's tall poppy syndrome. So mm. I think hearing, hearing that he had experienced that, yeah, it actually made me realize that it just, it just wasn't personal mm. um, at all. It's just... Kids with low self-esteem or struggling themselves to get up, just trying to do everything they can to, uh, you know, to give it, get above it all. Yes, yeah, so common, yeah. mate. Oh, I'm, I'm having flashbacks of you know kids at my school that were the same. Uh, you know, a lot of those those uh, those kids are now adults with serious problems. Yeah, you know, and some of them, and and some of them have hit a turning point and, and woke up. Mm. And you know, and I, I remember going to a, a reunion. Where, um, with uh, and ran into a couple of those um, dudes who I had altercations with, and and they apologised, mm. and you know, and, and they were they're great dudes, you know. Uh, listening to what they had achieved in their lives um, is is a pretty cool thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, amazing, mate. It is, and that's true because yeah, some some turn the corner and they end up being tremendous people because they've been able to break those cycles, but but some don't, and they end up uh, you know repeating those behaviours that might have come from, you know, dad and, and maybe grandpa, which are usually intergenerational. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's so many different factors, yeah, for sure. It's a tricky one. But, um, but mate, look, well done for making it through to where you are now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. And um, you're 40, 41 now, is that right? Yeah, correct. 41, yeah. mate. It's gone quick, isn't it? <laughs> but um, I, I'm just thinking with regards to, you know, your, your own your own journey, like coming through school and into life, did you want to do music when you sort of got into your, you know, your, I suppose, late teens and early 20s? Yeah, I mean, that was a conversation that uh, I was having with myself and with my parents during that time because it, things kind of came to a, a big peak when I was about 14, 15, and then a series of life things kind of happened and, and with the label and everything that it, it was it was a cue to kind of just pull it back, go back to normal life and reassess. Mm. And I'm glad I did because then I, uh, you know, experimented with lots of different things. Like I, I was like, all right, maybe I want to be in building. I was a British labourer for, for five years and that was, I was drawing an income from that. And, uh, but then, but the writing, like writing music and, and playing never stopped. It was always there in the background, and, but I was just focusing on building different skills. Uh, so instead of just playing guitar, I was learning how to sing, I was learning how to write songs, produce songs, record, and, and then, uh, and then it just, yeah, the, the path became obvious. So I ended up getting a, a job as a screen composer. So I was using all those other skills that I that I had, and and then getting paid for it. So I was really grateful for for that. And um, but my my uh, yeah, the fire when it came to 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 being an artist there, where I'm writing and and creating my own songs and touring um, them. That that um yeah that that 
that became a little more obvious in my early to mid twenties. Mm. I was in a band called uh, Nat Cole and the Kings. I put together um, that, and that was that probably came about at a time because I I was never really proud of my name. Um, I was always embarrassed by it, mm. and that that's kind of that's just that's come from you know the, my probably my experiences at school, mm. and so everything that I did creatively, I. It was hidden behind another name, mm. and um, and it's probably okay because I was also going through some pretty awkward times creatively. Uh, it probably just took the pressure off, uh, so that I could just experiment without any consequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but then eventually it got to a point where in my late twenties, where some of the artists that I look up to just kept saying to me, like, "Why aren't you using your name?" And I'm like, well, God, if he thinks iPhone disconnected, need to uh, reassess this and and maybe um, look at some of the beliefs that are that are stopping me from doing that. And and I'm glad because it, it came that that type of advice and prompt came at the right time. And and uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd let go of the band, had a big mental health breakdown for about five years, and mm. and then uh, and then got back out there. Mm, amazing, mate. Tell me, um, look, you know, good on you for doing Bricky's Labour and just the salt of the earth stuff. It would have been good for your fitness, but um. oh, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing I, I still miss now that I, I spend a lot of time in the studio. It's like I don't necessarily want to be a Bricky's Labourer, um, you know, and do that as a job. But I, I really valued just being under the sun and and mm. moving the body and yep. and like being in my body. You know, like going. Um, it, it's, I think it wasn't until my day job became sedentary and and also creative and using the imagination that I realised um, how important it is to just get in your body mm. and out of your brain. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, otherwise the brain, you know, the, the mind really kicks in and uh, starts to take control and then the the old thoughts start to come in and then the lack of self-worth and self-doubt and that sort of starts to creep in and it's amazing yeah. but we've got the power to be able to have that preventative maintenance and be able to stay, you know, uh, I suppose aware emotionally, uh, you know, to where we're at and uh, I think it's a daily thing to be able to manage that and be able to do things which can, you know, get the energy flowing through the body and help the mind sort of work more functionally. Would you agree? Oh, 100%, absolutely. I mean, I didn't realize like how grounded I was back then, but it, like, but it was by default. Like it wasn't conscious. It was mm. because I was a brickies laborer, and it was because I was living out in the, in the sort of country suburbs where things were much slower. And mm. I was, you know, it was a lot of it was land based. So I didn't really need those tools as much. As much. Mm. Um, I mean, it probably could help me, but the, the tipping point was when I moved to the city. I moved to a city beach, and then I was working. At a, you know, in a studio, and a lot of the times I'm running in a, in you know high adrenalized creative flow for mm. hours on end, yeah. and but not moving the body. At the same time, going through some really crazy life challenges that I had no idea how to handle, mm. and eventually it was just like a perfect storm. The mind and the body just were so against each other, and I didn't know what was going on. That I you know I, I it started hijacking my sleep. It started. Mm. You know, um, just having anxiety attacks, what I thought was randomly throughout the day, there was actually nothing random about it. And, um, um, yeah, and it just all just 
came cr- crashing down. But it's 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 a it's just it was just all lack of education, really. Mm. I mean, I, if I knew what I knew now back then, I wouldn't have even had those problems. <laughs> no, that's right. That's that's a lot of what we do. We help we help guys learn how to you know stay grounded and, and maintain that as being their their baseline. You know. Mm. Um, it's so important. Um, there's so much reliance with regards to mental health now, and waiting for people who are in crisis before we do something. But what we what we want to do more is that preventative maintenance and the prehabilitation rather than rehabilitation. I think is really key, and that's not really what's um, ingrained in us. It's, so I think we're just pretty much educated educated to support the economy. And and when you are in a stimulated environment like that, your nervous system does give you a kick up the ass. Yeah, it really does. Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, every lesson that I had learned throughout that period, because, I, you know, I had two paths. Like, I could either work out what was causing it or I could just deal with the symptoms. Mm. And I, as and as scary as what it was, because I'm talking like I, my, my lowest point was I'd wake up, I'd have morning breakfast radio to do, and, you know, I'm averaging at this stage of my life was two, three hours sleep a night mm. of night terrors, right? Mm. And and not taking any pills, no medication, no nothing. And um, and I'm having an anxiety attack. I'm laughing now because it's, it's, it's hilarious, but at the time it was, it was scary. It was, I'm having an anxiety attack because I can't work out whether to brush my teeth before or after I have a shower. Mm. <laughs> yeah, simple stuff. I mean, that's how broken down I was. Mm. And... Um, and I remember just going to the doctor's surgery and they ran all these bloods and they'd been running bloods for like the, you know, six months to a year. And I'm trying to find, why am I all of a sudden like this? I mean, I've toured the world. I've played with all these amazing artists. I've always had a fiery nature, just lean in, get shit done. Um, expressive as well. I'm not bottling stuff up on paper. I've achieved so much. Why am I? Why am I at the lowest? Like, why is this even happening? There's, there's gotta be a reason. And each time they'd come back, with at the time what I thought was the worst news ever was your bloods are perfect you're fine you're fit you're amazing mm. and because and what that said to me was that there's no hope you're stuck like this forever we can't work out what's going on and then we just think you need to be on anti- antidepressant mm. how long am I going to be on the antidepressant for oh it's genetic you're going to be on there for, you know for the rest of your life mm. and that was the red flag where I just thought this is a conclusion that's being brought to me in 15 minutes um, without anybody asking about my, you know, my life's habits, my thoughts, my, like, mm. I, there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah. And so I gave myself a deal. I said, for a year, I'm going to just try, I'm just going to try things, you know, I'm going to just see what happens and I'll learn as much as I can. And, um, and this was like at a time where if you typed anxiety uh, or depression or chronic fatigue on the internet in google back then all you'd get was doom and gloom yes. you just get a whole heap of people you know um talking about that they've had it for 20 years or their whole life and everything so i only googled once and then and then that was it and uh, luckily i just fell into the hands of the right type of pr- practitioners that that um worked both on my body and then i had another practitioner working with my mind and Every lesson that I had learned, I just kept going, why is this not in the Being Human 101 handbook? Like, yeah. of course this makes sense. Of course, if I'm going to make this decision and, and, and run my life this way, of course I'm going to feel like this. Of course I'm going to, like, and it just helped to just make me go, 
ah, oh, like this is all normal and it's impermanent and I'm not stuck like this forever, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, mate, so important. But, you know, well done and, and congratulations for having the ability to be curious back then, whereas, you know, a lot of people pretty much just do what they're being, being asked to do or told to do. Now, you know, I know, I know keeping people dependent is good for the economy, Keeping people, mm. helping people become independent is not good for the economy, and and that's what, <laughs> that's what you and I have done because I had the same the same experience and same situation, where I was given that um you know that that direction too, and I said no, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to be relying on on medication, uh, but if if you you come to that point, something's out of whack, and if you've got the ability and the curiosity to be able to understand and 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 you know, have a look at that and see what it is and then heal it yourself. I think that's so much more powerful than um, than taking a chemical enhancement. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that um, uh, I I feel like there are some situations where it, it's, it's like going to the gym. You know, if you are that broken down and you're that weak, sometimes you need somebody to spot that bar for you before you even put any weights on, mm. right? To just, just give that, that little bit of assistance. But you still got to do the work and you still got to, like, you still got to learn and the muscle still has to grow. And eventually, you know, so if you're that far gone with the right type of help and the right type of direction, maybe a bit of chemical assistance can be helpful. But I don't personally, this is just me, I don't personally agree how easy it is and how how it's it's most commonly framed like it's it's the solution mm. it's a, it's 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 assistance in in you know I was speaking to my psychologist a number of psychologists about it and they've said there, there are people that are out there that are that are clinically you know right from when they're young out of whack mm. clinically out of whack and need some form of assistance, mm. which is a really, 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 really small part of the population. Mm. <laughs> the rest of us, it's it's based on lifestyle, and mm. and 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 how we're yeah based lifestyle, uh, whether it's the food we eat, how we're living, um, our our belief systems, our relationships to the past. I mean, it's complicated. It's multifaceted, and it's it's a grey area. It's a big, big grey area, mm. <laughs> um, and. But I, 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 yeah, I, I truly believe that when you when you learn those lessons and you just chip away at it, your life ends up so much better for it. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like these are all lessons that I actually needed to learn so that I could um, live my happiest life. Yeah, amazing, mate. Again, you know, congratulations for for, for doing that, and and you still, I, I believe, you know, you're still on this on this, you know incredible growth journey um you know and i think we all are every day i don't think you know no one has really got it mastered life you know there's always curveballs and speed bumps and things like that but if you've got the, the the ability to stay stable within yourself and and grounded within yourself then you can really overcome a lot of those sort of you know curveballs that get thrown your way and yeah i mean i'm i'm still like one of the recent lessons i've learned over the last year is just is paying a little bit more attention to how I greet um, a, a challenging emotion or a mm. sensation in the body. Mm. So um, I, I realized that, like, you know, where I get tripped up is generally fear. Mm. Um, and so if I'm having, uh, if I've been triggered and I'm getting this overwhelming sense of fear, my 
at the end of the day, preference not to feel it um, or the fact that I'm hating this sensation creates hate in my body and a resistance that ultimately doesn't help me, mm. right? And I and so now I'm starting to think of um, think of fear or an emotion in my body as if it was my child that was afraid. Mm. And so if 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 Byron, my eldest, comes to me and he said, "I'm really scared about walking in the door here in class." Am I just going to give him a kick up the bum or am I going to try to whack him in the face and shut him up? Mm. I'm not. I'm going to hear him. I'm going to get down on his level. I'm going to give him a big hug and then I'm going to give him some tools to help to help him take those steps in there. Mm. It's no different with the self, but the for so long I've just kind of been trying to, to silence it, you know. So I don't want to feel this. Silence. So we do that through distracting ourselves or um, maybe we do that for, you know, overly obsessively like researching ways to get rid of it you know oh, maybe i need to meditate more maybe i need to mm. you know breathe more or, or slow down my breath and you know all these little things can help but but i'm just learning now to just greet those troubling emotions just with a little bit more love and a little bit more faith and and be armed with some tools like i would and advice to give myself in that moment like i would it was a loved one going mm. through it yes and 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 even what I noticed about that is that it's the experience when you go through when you go through a challenge like that, or when you yeah when you face a challenge like that and you welcome it with just a little bit of love and compassion, it's actually tolerable. Mm. Mm. Like it's 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 not it doesn't end up fight or flight get me the fuck out of here. It's it. It might not be the, the greatest experience in the world, but it's tolerable enough for you to not dread it happening again. <laughs> oh, mate. You know what I mean? Oh. And that's the cycle is the dread of it happening again. Oh, like, and then you're anticipating. Then you're out of the moment. <laughs> you're trying to put it out. But, but what, you're, what you're touching on is low vibrational emotions compared to high vibrational emotions. And if you can, you can deal with a low vibrational emotion with, with curiosity and compassion and, and, and kindness and love, then you'll draw yourself out of it. But if you're mm. if you're judgmental and you're self-critical and you're you know you're blaming and that sort of thing, uh, then you look for an escape just to have that temporary release. But that won't actually help it. But I just think, yeah yeah having having that awareness like you you've mentioned is so important. And these are the skills we've got to be able to teach young men, but also men of, of all ages. This is something that I I, I really love doing is teaching um, how to work your way up and down the emotional ladder. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned ladder because I've just been introduced to this. Uh, have you heard of the polyvagal theory? Uh, I have, but I haven't really explored it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's um, you know they talk about the window of tolerance and and um, you know uh, the the concept of safety and security. Like that, you you know you can what you can handle in a moment depends on how you know, your fundamentals of how safe and secure you feel, like even on a, like in the, even if it's in the background um, and it's, it's all focused on the autonomic uh, uh, nervous system mm. and how um, it affects your thoughts and your body and, and then how to work with it. And they do explain it like a, a ladder. It's like, it's a sliding scale thing. It's not an on button or an off button or whatever. And, 
and um, I found it to be a pretty, um, yeah, pretty profound concept. Yeah, it is. It's, it's something like I'm a little bit older than you, fifty-one. Uh, but uh, but primarily, uh, my my whole journey has been, you know, working hard till my late thirties, and then sort of moving into more of the holistic way of, um, you know, looking at things. And and I I, uh, I sort of went into the clinical side too, uh, thinking that was a goose that laid the golden egg, but. But really, it's 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 having the ability to be able to move through that and actually come through to to awarenesses like the polybagel and, and things where you're working with the energy of the the body and the energy of everything around you, the ecosystem that you're in, um, all that type of stuff, which is playing a part on the way your energy works uh, at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Yep. Have, they, have you found personally any um, particular practices that um, help with that, like? Like, do you do things like qigong or meditate or, um, or like what, how, are there any, I suppose, rituals or things that you do on a daily basis to, to help align? Yeah, mate. For the last 15 years, I've been doing a practice um, every morning for two to two and a half hours. So that, that includes meditation, um, physical movement, like exerting the body. So that's some form of stress on the body through uh, through running or weights or, or whatever to little, get a little bit out of the comfort zone but also to be able to get the breath into a rhythm. So when uh, when I'm exerting my body, my breath gets into a nice, you know, deep rhythm. I believe when you open the lungs up, you open the mind up too. So, uh, so uh, to, to, to do that and to be able to, um, to stretch the body, uh, to get the chi, what you know, we call chi or, or prana yeah. flowing around the body, uh, and then sort of getting back to a, a level of um, equilibrium in the body and mind. And, um, you know, mate, this isn't, this isn't new. This has been talked about for thousands of years. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. The, well, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, um, no, that's good to hear you because I'm kind of uh, in transition at the moment. A, a routine that kind of would work for me in the past is not mm. working. It's a, I need something a little bit different now. I'm trying to, trying to get inspired. But one thing I, 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 I had learned, uh, recently, and this is particularly uh, uh, probably a little bit more obvious with with people who've gone through sort of some sort of trauma, is this whole concept of of window of tolerance. And then, if you think of it like, say, the window your window of tolerance is in the center, and then above it is your fight or flight, mm. and then but, but below it, um, and it's called uh, it's probably more where, where what they call um, freeze. When you're so overwhelmed that you start to cocoon and you're, you know, you, you go into that protective mode, right? So it's immobile. Yes. And what I didn't realize is that the way in which you get from your uh, overly mobile, sympathetic, fight or flight nervous system uh, into your window of tolerance where you feel safe and good is different to if you are in this freeze mode. Mm. And so all along, like especially on tour, what I would do, and, and, and I love this stuff because you, you, when you're self-aware, you start to work out what things work and what things don't, mm. is that when I'm jacked up and I'm, I'm notice, noticing my racing mind and I'm feeling the tension in the body and all that type of stuff, you know, that's something I've mastered, to be able to get myself down from that, breathe, elongate my breath, the, you know, nice Nice, nice, healthy, but gentle emo, um, emo, like motion, mm. and I can eventually get get back down to that that state that I need to be in back in my body. Yes. But I was using that same tool to get myself from that freeze mode 
safe. And, and that freeze mode is most obvious some, sometimes in the morning, you know, when you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to face the days and you're almost freezing up. Mm. And I thought that that was, you know, just that same, all right, I need to use the same tools here. So I would you know, slow down my breath and, and just try and calm my, you know, my body when I needed the opposite um uh, because I, I needed to move move my body get my heart rate up yes. you know be open and connected to the world and that's when going for a run or jumping in the ocean or whatever is the even though i really didn't want to <laughs> yes. was the best thing and uh and that's what's made me relook at um my morning sort of practices that it's it's um you know there, there was a time where i would wake up jacked up the whole time and i needed something really gentle to bring myself back down yes. uh, to where I needed to be, but now it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, usually, you know, it's, it's funny how the mind works too, but sometimes what the mind's saying, you know, the opposite we need to do uh, a lot of the time too. And mm. um, one thing that I learnt, um, which was very, very powerful, uh, mind you, I, I put my body through hell over the years, like through physical pursuits and my fitness is extremely high at one point, but um, I got, I got, um, I think everything happens for a reason. And I was in New York, uh, and I got drawn into Kundalini yoga. Um, oh, yeah. There's been a lot of people like Russell Brand and all that that have gone into it, but, but mate, that that is just a like, it, it takes you your awareness to a to a completely different level where you're. You're moving the physical body. You're you're using expression. You're using meditation, um, and you're getting this this complete complete system of technology, which brings you back into alignment and rhythm again uh, through these mm. different careers and practices. And, and for me personally, that was the the game changer because it actually just gave me the ability to be able to see life bigger than myself and uh, to be able to work with that, those subtle energies. Um, um, you know, more importantly, and then then you can sort of be a bit more curious as to why you are a certain way, at, you know, a certain mm. time of the day or a certain time of the month or year or whatever. And, you know, yeah. I, I really believe, you know, men, we also go through cycles every seven years. So to be able yeah. to sort of work with that too is, is really critical and important. But, but um, you, you know, this is the sort of stuff that we should have learned at school. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. There's yeah. And, and and there's there's a lot. Yeah, lots of different paths lead you home as well. There's not just one way. And mm. and um, uh, but I, I agree. There are just certain fundamentals um, that yeah definitely should be t- taught at school or at least you know in in at home. I mean, my parents did the best with the cards that they were dealt with. You know, on their their upbringing, their their um, you know, they taught me everything that they knew at the time. And uh, but they you know back as you would know, like back then this, this type of uh, knowledge was uh, a little harder to come across. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've it's had, almost a bit eccentric oh, <laughs> to go man. and see a doctor and then talk about that. <laughs> well, we've had like, you know, you think about how much change we've seen over our journeys, you know, in our 41 and 51 years, like just how, how technology's crept in, you know, how we haven't been sort of, you know, taught to, to, to work with that technology from an energetic point of view. Um, and all those sorts of things as well. But um, uh, you're right, like yoga and that sort of stuff was like weird before, you know, probably recent times, but, you know, back in the early 2000s or late last century, it was not, not even considered. But all yeah. these people were doing was working with the energy of the body and being able to, mm-hmm. to, to move the body well, to, to get that energy flowing and that. But if we're not yeah. doing that, that's when we get stuck between the ears. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? And and even just the concept of change, like... 
like, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know why I, like, because, you know, I saw a change in pro, you see change in progress when it comes to learning, you know, skills, whether you're a builder or, you know, an instructor, like a, a, a personal trainer or, you know, you're working out in the gym or you're a musician. It's like, you know, you, you didn't have that skill skill to start with and now you do because yes. you're putting the time and, and you've challenged, you know, you've got new habits. I don't know why I didn't think that that would also be the case with just how you feel in your everyday life and, and how, and your, whether it's your personality or your, you know, the things you desire or your fears or whatever, that if you have a fear, well, that's, that's a fear forever. Like mm. it's, but it's not, mm, right, <laughs> you know, and, and the me now versus the me that I was like five, six years ago is so different. I mean, there's, there's things that are the same, but there it's, um, and I, I still probably have to remind myself that when you're taking on, you know, just stuff that's been around for a long time, that's really stubborn, you know, that you, you, it's, um, just still that reminder of change, change, you know, and, and, and when we, when we, when that's obvious, when that change is obvious, then there's always hope, yes. you know, and that's, that's how we lose people because they lose hope because yes. they don't think anything's going to change. Yeah. Yep, agree, mate, and and that's that's the thing. Like we're getting getting into this reactive mindset and reactive culture, but to to, to, to manage it better at the front end, I think is really important. It's it's interesting you talked about fatherhood. One of the things that I probably struggled with was was that transition into fatherhood and the self doubt and everything that come with that. Did you experience that as well? Yeah, um, going into fatherhood came at a, a tricky time because I ju- like I was just coming out of the fog. Mm. Um, so I didn't have my confidence at all, but I, I had enough experiences to show me that I at least wasn't going to be stuck like that and change was happening. Uh, I was still just on the, just coming out of, uh, chronic fatigue. So, and, and insomnia, mm. I still sometimes needed a little bit of help getting to sleep. Uh, so I was kind of, I was pretty terrified about, <laughs> um, what fatherhood was going to do to me. Mm. Uh, but it, it's, um, oh, it was amazing. Like it, it, it took my mind off, off myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm focusing on this, this, this little boy now. And, and also kind of, I didn't expect to learn so much about, um, about myself through, um, being a dad, like just through even just watching, watching, uh, my kids grow up. Mm. You know, I remember having this moment where I'm like, they're not, they're not doubting themselves whether it's normal or not that they don't know how to do this or that they're tired or they're this or that. They're just, they're just present. Like they're just, mm. they're just being yeah. like, what, at what point did I think that I should have it all worked out and that this is not normal? You know, the fact that I want to have it, you know, like in terms of overthinking things. So what if I want to have a nap at three o'clock in the afternoon? Mm. Is that really a big deal? Like, so what if this happens and that, like it's it it just taught me how to be a little bit more just to yeah. to be and accept uh in the moment uh it uh that whole you know relationship with um with myself changed when i started to see how i was uh how i was handling my kids during a challenging moment i that's when i'd go well why don't i handle myself like that yeah i mean you just solve this problem and, but you don't do the same thing to yourself. Um, so, but there, yeah, there's, I mean, the doubts have probably crept in a little bit more over the last two to three years because maybe 
there's a bit of information overload at the moment. Um, you know, everybody's a, a a psychologist in parenting, and and it's there's so much information out there that it's hard not to second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that um, pre-internet. It was just the information that you had locally, you know, amongst your friends and mm-hmm. and family and. But there's, there's just so much out there and there's wherever you look is a reason to doubt yourself. <laughs> mm. yeah, that, that's so, true, mate. Yeah, but, but just on that, like we, we, we've seen that transition so we actually know know what it was like before then whereas you, your, your son might know that because that's all he'll know. If he wants to find anything out, he'll go to ChatGBT or Google. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. It's a, it's 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 going to be a very different world for them compared to the way that it was for us. I mean, mm-hmm. some things are going to be better and some things are going to be more interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm still trying to work out how to navigate the whole tech thing. Where where my eldest is is seven, so we're still not at that age of of them wanting phones and and to be on social media and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of time for that conversation with the wife um, to work out a, a bit of a plan for that, that next phase of life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. It would be interesting. I went through all that and yeah, we, we sort of like just like flowed with the, um, the situation. My, my, I've got two boys and they were both mature enough around it. You know, they weren't stomping their feet wanting, wanting mobiles, but we sort of set the ground rules when you, ser- when you hit a certain age and you can get one. Uh, yeah. and, and try and be like, you know, a little bit restrictive around the usage, but it can be difficult sometimes. But we've just got to understand it's a different world than what it was when we were teenagers, I guess, I guess at the end of the day. Yeah, well, you just, and you just hope that you've, you've instilled core sort of principles and that, that and allow them to sort of navigate those situations as wisely as possible. Hmm. Um, you know, and communication is everything in our house as well. Is is just making sure that they know that they can talk to us, you know, about anything. Mm, um, yep. You know, that's that's probably one big pillar. So as soon as, as soon as your kids don't want to come to you, um, then you know when they're in trouble and they've done something wrong or whatever, they're definitely not going to come to you. Mm, no, <laughs> I want them to. Yeah. Um, and so so far we have we have that relationship. The um, you know, there's, there's, there's sometimes there's struggles about how to deal with, like my eldest, similar to me growing up, very, very fiery, um, uh, quite disagreeable. <laughs> and I also see that as a strength as well because my, my fire and my determination on what I want is, is also what served me. I mean, that's, I probably, you know, uh, drew on that even just in deciding how to handle my mental health, that despite what people were telling me, uh, around, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going this way. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, working out how to kind of guide that in the right direction with him um, so that we're not crushing it, but then, you know, we're also teaching him what we, you know, really important lessons. It's tricky, tricky. You'd think, you'd think after, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, it'd be <laughs> straight, we'd have it worked out, but we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think every every individual and every situation is different. But I'm I'm curious to know, um, like you're you're a muse obviously, and you're going on tour, uh, and that soon. How do you do all this with uh, with with uh, with the family and kids? Yeah, I mean it's it's we're kind of venturing into uh, a time where I'm I'm the busiest that I've been since having kids. Uh, up until this point, it's been pretty 
pretty straightforward. I spend most, of, I'd, I'd spend most of my time at home, and then kind of go away for the the odd weekend or the odd week here and there. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's all it's all new uh, for us. It's it's kind of like a let's just see how this year goes, see how it feels uh, as a whole, as a family. It's there's no point in me doing something. Uh, for just for me if it's messing up my family that's not how I roll so uh you know we've just got our our strategies in place where um again it's about keeping open communication and um supporting each other uh as much as possible uh, I am also working to, like I, I've kind of adjusted adjusted the way that I've spent my time so that I and it's almost like a little mini investment so that I can spend more time with my family. Because when I was a screen composer and I was doing that pretty much full time, I was doing that plus being an artist outside of it and a self-managed artist as well. So those corporate hours of like, you know, nine to six, nine to seven, by the time I'd get home, I'd, I'd miss dinner with the kids and, um, and then they'd be, you know, I'd spend like half an hour with them and then they'd be in bed and, mm. And I'd spend a little bit of time with them in the morning, and and uh, it just I was like I don't I don't want to live like that. No. You know I, I loved that, and I know not everybody has that choice, but you know I love that when I grew up, my dad, you know, being a, a tradie, he was home mm. by you know three thirty four o'clock in the afternoon, and then we'd have all that afternoon and night together. We did martial arts together. He taught me how to play guitar. Mm. You know I, I want to be available. Um, my kids, I want to spend the time with them. And if that means we've got to make, you know, sacrifices, lifestyle sacrifices and and move or whatever, that's the priority for us we've, and that's what we choose. So we're, we're just, um, yeah, seeing seeing how it goes and if we have to adjust, we have to adjust. A good way to live, mate. Yeah, yeah you're going with the flow rather than forcing it and uh, I think that's, that's beautiful. And I, I just think... You know, you, you've come to where you are for, for the right reasons now. There's so much potential for you on and off the stage, um, you know, to, to, to do mental health stuff and education, but also, um, you know, who knows what, where your music's going to take it. There could be this amazing stuff, you know, come come through moving forward. But I know you, you've got a new album out, is that right, now called Miracles? Is that, is that, that what, it's, that's what it's called? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell me about what- it. Yeah, that's what we're touring at the moment. Um, this, yeah, so this is, I suppose, an evolution from my last album in a sense that when I created Demons, the previous album, that was kind of at that time where I was just coming out of the fog, yeah. dipping my toe in the water, you know, all this knowledge, all this stuff that I had learned, putting it to action and just, just seeing whether it was going to work or not and it was working, but I still hadn't had enough life experience uh, to, to feel completely confident in myself my mind and my body and but the the writing didn't stop so that's how i wrote demons and it i suppose because i didn't believe that i'd have the capacity to uh physical and mental capacity to tour and to release music um but yet i was still creating songs it meant i was just creating songs for myself it was catharsis Mm. self-expression where it wasn't about whether it was going to be a hit or it was going to go off on tiktok or whatever it was just (laughs) I just want to do this and I recorded it and then I'm like, you know what? I don't want to turn my back on music, something that I've done ever since I was a kid Mm. out of fear. Like, let's give it a go. You know, I've seen all these other things, other areas of my life open back up again because I've, 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 um, 
with all the, you know, everything that I had learned, what if it's the same with getting back up on the stage again? Mm. And uh, so then I, I made demons, put demons out, and then took those baby steps, those wobbly steps back on up onto the stage again. It was literally like that that experience where I was busking. Mm. I, I wouldn't sleep for days before uh, that first gig. Mm. And despite all the fear and my body just going, no, just go back home. You know, I'd feel like quite one of my uh, sort of uh, like I feel quite derealized when I when I'm uh, when I sort of have a little bit of an anxiety attack. I don't really get the heart palpitations thing. I I feel more out of my body and confused, and um, and I'd have to walk on the stage like that because I'd have those tools to just ride it out, accept it, and it came good. And every gig got easier and easier and easier until. I got to the other side of that, which is when we, when I started to write miracles, where it became a little bit more like I've got a fire in my belly now. Now I know what I want, mm. and I've got to back myself. I've got to leap, and and I've got to be all in. Mm. And so this that's the space in which I created miracles, and it was also about you know connecting with the self. Is that you know there is all this information around you, but it's amazing how much information you've got within yourself. Yes. You know if you're connected and that was my barometer like that was my anchor throughout the whole experience of creating miracles from the business decisions to the creative decisions is facing any self-doubt that popped up facing doubts that were triggered from people around me and just pairing it up and kept taking that information and going all right how does this sit with me is this aligned with my truth if it's not throw it out if it is take it on board Mm. and um and, and I went to some pretty deep and dark, dark places uh, with this album. And, but, you know, in the end, it's, it's been a really, really positive experience and it's an album I'm super proud of. How many tracks altogether? Twelve. Twelve, okay. Yep, amazing, mate. And, and just, just, just so people can understand, like there's maybe, maybe 12 five-minute uh, songs possibly, so that's, what, 70-odd minutes. Uh, yeah, it's sorry, probably a bit uh, less uh, than that. An album. Yeah, yep, yep. So, how much work would go into writing uh, like a, a, an album, which um, which is pretty much an hour all up? Yeah, uh, this album took me about a year and a half. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a year and a half, and um, I, I streamed the whole thing on Twitch, um, a streaming platform, so um, people were able to watch the whole creative experience over that time, and and. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the sentiments of the songs, like, uh, you know, I've got songs that are on there that, that go to some of those deep places about how I felt at my lowest time, you know, um, and feeling a bit abandoned by, by friends that I thought were good friends. Mm. I've got, you know, songs about mortality, uh, but then I've got some bangers as well that are just about having fun and, and reminding yourself of, you know, all the good that comes on the other side of um, your challenges and... And, um, yeah, there's lots of colours on this album. Mm. And, um, but yeah, and it's, and it's, it's been a, a, a real thrill so far to actually perform those songs live, you know, in person. I mean, there's not too many experiences or everyday experiences that, that where, you're, where you really, really do stop and you, you have an experience with, like, a group of people, like, collectively. That's what I love about the, mm. the live experience, like, playing at a gig is that you're you're performing something and it's and it triggers feelings um or messages or whatever 
but then but when you're really connected you're all feeling it together yes you know when a mass of people are on that trip with you and you're on it with them you know (laughs) There's nothing else that exists except for that moment. (laughs) That's exactly right, mate. You're not worrying about the future or the past or anything like that then. I think, you know, it's one thing that I would have loved uh, would have been to be able to perform and create energy which others others follow or, or go with, you know. It must be so amazing to be able to be on a stage and just have everyone into what you're doing. Yeah, it is. And, I, and it's it's probably taken uh, taken some time to be able to really be present enough to feel that too because, like, up until that point, there was so much, like, anxiety that I had to uh, work with in order to play that I it kept taking me out of the moment, you know, and I kept having to just bring it back and do whatever I needed to do to kind of to be in the moment. And, and, and for a long time, it was, it was just proving to myself that I had the capacity to do it. It wasn't even about going, I want to set myself up for this type of experience. That's just like, just perform how you feel is how you feel. And that's it. Right. Mm. And, but now I, you know, because I, I, yeah, I can know I can, yeah, perform, yeah, full faith and confidence in my capacity now. Uh, now it's about creation. You know, what experience do I want to create mm. here? Mm. And um, and in order to, to to do that, you've also got to receive it. Once you create it, then you've got to be present enough to be able to to really receive, um, you know, whatever feels happening in the moment between the crowd and you and the songs and yeah. Mm. And your wife's really supportive. My what? Sorry, your your wife. Like she she's been like, yeah. on the journey. Yeah, yep. Oh, I I'm so grateful for her. Like, what? There's you know, it's been so many times where I'm like, God, should I just chuck it in? Like, not because you know, because maybe you have a bad tour or something hasn't worked or whatever. And and her belief has never wavered. Mm. You know, and um, she's been and she's she's wired a little differently to me as well. Like. Um, she's not an overthinker like I am. Like her imagination doesn't run as wild as what mine does, and and so her her support is always. She she just knows how to just simplify things, you know, to make me just go, oh, god, I just like went around the whole fucking world with this, and she's just summed it all up in like one sentence. <laughs> and you know, it's 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 great. It's very grounding, and um, yeah, we're both very supportive of each other. Amazing, mate. You're very lucky, and uh, it's uh, it's so so beautiful when you've got a relationship where it's flowing together, and you're working working together like that. And um, mate, I, I think the best yet to come. Like you know, 41. I, I can't wait to see where things are at. You know, in the next few years, and continuing Thank on you. for you. You know, both on and off the stage, as I said. But how can people get hold of you if they want to look at your work and maybe look at uh, listen to the album and maybe follow you on social media? Yeah, yeah. You can look, listen to. Miracles on all of your music streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music and and you know I'm on the usual um, socials like Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and uh, but the one that I'm most excited about where you can like chat to me directly like and live is Twitch like I spend about four or five times a week on there uh, so that's twitch.tv forward slash Nathan Cavalieri and that's a live streaming platform it was originally created for gamers um and uh and that's diversified over the last four or five years so it's a really really beautiful community i mean i one of the streams i do on wednesday mornings is focused 
you know, on mental health where I basically just create relaxation music and we have these types of chats. Um, and, uh, and it's also, you know, you can subscribe if you're inspired. It's a, no, it's a great community. So, um, and we take it on the road as well. So if you're un- unable to come to a gig, um, yeah, you'd be able to watch certain gigs on Twitch and, and even just the touring experience as a whole, like the adventure that it is, we film that where we can. Oh, mate, look, like you've just you've just given me anxiety because now there's another social media bloody platform I've got to, <laughs> I go, got to go and have a look at. But but I reckon that, that sounds amazing, actually. I've never heard of Twitch. That's how I show my age. But um, but certainly if there's something like that where you can go on and, and demonstrate what you're doing and take people on a journey with you, I think that's tremendous. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't even – I wouldn't even compare it to the other ones because it's all long form. Like it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like – it's um, I mean, like I'm on there for like two, three hours, um, a stream, and but it's more like a hang. Like most people kind of have it on in the background while they're doing something else, and then they'll chime in when something cool happens, and you know, occasionally there's events and stuff. But it's it's it doesn't have that um, that fast paced sort of like constant dopamine mm-hmm. over dopamine adrenaline pumping thing that you know the other social media platforms have. Yes. This is this is a hang. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is where you can where you can just hang and talk to, you know, your favorite streamers and, and watch them do what they do. Mm. Um, and so yeah, that's otherwise I wouldn't spend so much time on it. <laughs> Amazing mate. We're gonna have to go on I'm gonna have to go and check this out now. So uh yeah, really appreciate, mate. This has been an amazing chat. I'm, I'm very, very hopeful we'll get to catch up at some stage. And I hope that um, when you do come to Queensland, you do come to Agnes Water because Agnes Water's got an amazing or few surf beaches, surf breaks. It's the uh, the, the last um, last surf beach before you head north uh, in Queensland. And uh, if you like surfing and music, it's it's your town. So um, oh, yeah. hoping that, uh, that evolves uh, down the track for sure. Yeah, I'm super keen. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, very very, uh, very keen for people to jump on your sites, nathancavalieri.com. I think you've got a website as well, so um, yep. so people can, can check you out. But, mate, been an absolute pleasure. Really love uh, love what you're doing and where life's taken you. And, as I mentioned, I think the best yet to come. So um, really, uh, really appreciate, uh, appreciate the chat. Yeah, my pleasure, mate. Thank you.